Hmm, we've got some shows to cover today, so, um, you know, stay tuned. I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This, two, is one. The Real Brian Show. No, no, no fun. We're not having any fun. The show's no fun at all. Absolutely revolting, positively heinous. We're not here to entertain you and make you laugh. No, no, not at all. But I will tell you that we decided to watch the new DC The Sandman show. So, um, you know, maybe we'll talk about that in a bit, maybe. I mean, it's possible that what we talk about is what we'll talk about. So, you know, there it is. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone is now dumber for having listened to it. Oh yeah, but but well, we go to 11. Let's rock it. Now, it's The Real Brian Show, and I don't know why we call it this. Um, I'm The Real Brian. Oh, Brian. Ca- um, Captain. Cap- Captain Influence. And Hello, that was Captain. brilliant. That intro was brilliant. Bloody brilliant, right? right. Bloody brilliant. Oh, oh thank, thank you. I, f- I appreciate that. Yeah, yes. no, nothing stupid, dumb, whatever. <laughs> nothing like that. Nothing. Not at all. Well, you're, you're getting pretty good at that. I'm, 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 no. It, you kind of get actually stuck in the accent sometimes. And it, I know it's not quite fantastic, but it's. I'm working on it. Uh, see, that wasn't I, even entirely right, but I, I'm yeah. working on it. It's... um. <laughs> so we're we're watching the the Great British Baking Show, and I like how there's like you know high class, you know English, and then there's like what I consider to be like the the poor version of English, I guess you know the the lower Cockney. class, the Cockney. Yeah, right. it's all like this got me got me quick, and like I can't. I don't understand what they're saying half the time. I'm like, like are you even completing a snatch? Yeah, but I'm like, are they completing sentences? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, because it, 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 you know, it's right. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the Deep South. You know, when I die, I'm just talking about this. Super deep, maybe Appalachia, even. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just another intelligence that though. Yeah, I don't, I don't pretend to even know how to do the Cockney accent, and I don't really pretend to know how to do any British accent. You know why, Brian? Just roll not what what? Because I. I tend to combine British and Australian accents when I try right. to do well, a British accent. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So, so I rarely try. I've got my cousins on this. I think I told you this. I think I've said this before to everybody, but I got my cousins on the British accents, and uh, the oh, girls yeah, especially yeah. Uh, are really kicking butt on it. It, <laughs> I mean, they're they sound, they sound like little British kids. It's fantastic. I like it. I'm That's working brilliant. on it too. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, sometimes I can get into it really well, and I'm just like, I can't stop doing it. And then other times, you know, I get into that one, and that's the problem. So I love accents, you know. And to me, it's me too. It's not something that you know. If I'm, I'm like, damn, oh, I gotta get into the southern accent. I can't even do that now. But it's not Y'all. that I'm trying to make fun of anyone. I'm trying to just. It, it's like a, a term of endearment, or it's a. Yeah, it's an accent of endearment. The best. Flattery is is yeah. uh, imitation, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Imitation. That's is, all it is. is. Flattery, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. So, you know, if you're talking, well, I can't even do it. I'm trying to do like like that southern accent, you know, the real down south accent. I just, I can't get into it. I'm going to tell you what. Get get on with the show, Brian. Let's get, get off Well, this what show. I got to know, though, is does this sound at all intelligent to you? Hey, See, that's what we I, had a we had a president <laughs> sound like that, and he was pretty darn intelligent. Well, at least he, I thought he was. At I was the gonna time. say he made some, you know, uh, <laughs> who hasn't made bad decisions in life, you know? That's but right. I don't know. I so that's what I'm saying. You can't equate intelligence to someone's accent, but sometimes it's hard no. not to when somebody sounds, you know, like certain w- things. But yeah, and I think whatever. that's a that, maybe that's a function of, of our exposure to media, uh, yeah. as in. Um, not not the media. I'm talking just like shows, television, movies, where someone yeah. who has who is less intelligent had an accent like that, and I think so. That's kind of conditioned us to think that Ch- way, right? Chicken fried taters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want some fried potatoes. Fried potatoes. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm. Have you seen Swamp Thing? No, I still have not. Uh, and you said you finally finished it. They only did the one season, right? Yes, I, I did watch yeah. it. It was great. I decided to make, well, this is um, from our lake, one of the local lakes here that I'm drinking. For those of you watching, you can see this, but if you're listening, it's very moss green, uh, algae green. Oh, yes. So what I did is I got a bunch of lake water and then I put it in a jar and just left it out, you know, for a few weeks. And this is what it turned out, you know, and so it's it's green but I've been told that there are all kinds of antioxidants and nutrients from drinking stagnant lake water that's been in a jar for weeks. So here it is. Yeah, try it. Mm. Better you than me. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, oh, man, that's too much stevia. What the heck is with people in their stevia? <laughs> you didn't Holy say you added stevia. That's mm. cheating. That's disgusting. Um, no, it's... Um, so Sarah, Miss Light, gets... Th- have you ever heard of Thrive Market? No, you can order food online and it's mostly non-perishable stuff, but it's okay. good, healthy food. You can get a decent price and then they send it to you. So Thrive Market, we, we get, you know, various things from them and then they they send over their freebies all the time. And one of the freebies was a matcha lemonade. And so, yes, this is matcha. Uh, it's not swamp I, water. I thought it looked like matcha, but it uh, is. It's I was going to let you roll with that. A matcha lemonade. And they basically tell you to put in, you know, a, a tablespoon for the water and everything. And I added an extra teaspoon of straight matcha because it has lemonade as well. So what is it like lemon crystals? I think is what it is. And then matcha powder. And then it has something else. And then it has stevia and I love lemonade. I love matcha. I hate stevia. And I was like, I wonder if I'm going to taste the stevia because once in a while, dude, this is like over the top on stevia. These guys are like, I don't know what they're this. Wow. This is like a, if it weren't stevia, it's a diabetic's dream. I can't. That's just like a so any di- wow. diet soda. I can't drink it anymore because I hate the taste of aspartame so much. That's and yeah, if well, you that's bad for and you if you've moved away from diet soda for a while and then move back to it, you can really taste the aspartame. Like yeah. I got a root beer at a uh, at a restaurant oh, a few weeks back. Beer? Yeah, yeah. And I started sipping, and I was like, "Yeah, root beer." Root. And <laughs> I was like, "Wait a second, this is definitely diet root beer." Mm. <laughs> so. And sure enough, they brought me a regular one and it was fine. So that's good. Yeah. The, oh, I hate stevia. I hate it. Everyone's like, you it. can't take the stevia. You can't taste it at all. It's not there. Oh, if you're used so to it, nasty. if you're used to it, you can't taste it. It's just like oh. I, I've gotten used to uh, skim milk 
And back when I was drinking 1%, 2% back in the day, I I couldn't fathom drinking skim milk. It was like white water, right? But once you get, once you start drinking it, I very quickly got used to it. And now it's just like drinking 1% basically. I've never, the thing is though, is I never liked stevia. So it's one of those that I'm never going to get used to it because I don't like it anyway. I don't like the aftertaste. It's that, it's disgusting. It tastes like chemicals to me. And I know it's not. Well, it's a it's a plant derived thing, but what I do love, we talked about this a thousand times. I like monk fruit a lot. You know, sweeten yeah. it with monk fruit, or right. if you want to sweeten it, even with um, erythritol, that's the other one. Is uh, that's and then, uh, monk fruit has erythritol in it? Did you know that? I did not know that. That's that's what they mix monk monk fruit with to make it what okay. whatever it does. So yeah, so there's a Swerve, I think, is the brand, the famous brand for erythritol. And okay. then monk fruit. Those are the two that I like or, you know, use a real sugar like honey or maple syrup or uh, even dates. I like sweetened by dates is a really, really good sweetening, too, because it's not too much, but it has a really nice flavor, too. But, man, I don't know that that stevia is one way too overpowered and two way too sweet. I mean, I don't know what these people are thinking here. I, that's got to <laughs> do something bad to your body. So, um, sorry, Thrive Market. Um, love, I love yeah. the idea of matcha lemonade. That's that's kind of nasty. So, ooh, nasty. that was a bad one. You know, every time I've had a really good drink, um, and it's been, you know, I think this is gonna be good. But when I see stevia in there, I'm like, ooh, I don't know, dude. Speaking, okay, speaking of sugar, do you know Crumble Cookie? Have you ever? They're all around, but have you ever heard of them? No, I have not. Okay, so they're they're new to Colorado, new word to Colorado. But they're around the country and all that. And I love their Crumble cookies. Cookie. They're so good. They're, they taste real. And so one day I was like, I'm going to look up these ingredients just to see what the heck these are. And, Wait, and you, those cookies taste real? Are you sure? They taste real. Though okay. they, act, they actually do. So they taste like they cook with like butter and f- like actual real ingredients, not all chemicals and, you know, lab made. Oh, that's junk. what you mean. Okay. They taste, uh, you know, they taste relatively right. homemade. Got it. Yeah. So they're good. I've always loved them. You know, apparently it was national cookie day last Thursday. So a week ago, I didn't even know that <sighs> missed out. I don't like crumbly cookies though. Are they crumbly? No, 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 no. They're, they're, they're just called crumble for some reason, but oh. they're super soft and warm okay. and you know, Oh yeah. Crumble is yeah. misleading. I don't like that, but go ahead. Yeah. Not like, not like <laughs> crunchy. I hate hard cookies. Absolutely. Like with a passion, can't stand crunchy, you know, you break your tooth kind of cookies. Disgusting. <laughs> I would rather have them like, like almost not quite cooked enough that you have to use a spoon to eat them than like hard and crunchy. So sure. yeah, soft and, and even almost gooey is my thing, but I got to tell you though, oh, so, yeah. so crumbles really good. We've enjoyed them and they've always had all the, like every, every week or two, they've got like all these different crazy flavors, you know, like lemonade and, or key lime pie was one. Oh, captain. Oh. So key, I mean, it was literally, it tasted like a key lime pie. The cookie was even made like a pie crust shape. And they had a, you know, a lime wedge on top. So really, you know, you could squeeze a lot. It was really good. So they do really, really fun things. Well, the other day I was like, what are, I wonder what's even in these cookies. So I decided I'd look up the nutrition facts. And of course, you really yeah. don't want to know, but you kind of also want to know. And so the, the first thing is that I was right, that they actually do, for the most part, use natural ingredients. And so okay. that was really encouraging. But then some of them have some artificial things and I'm like the, the food coloring and stuff like that. But here's sure. what absolutely blew my mind. 70 grams of sugar per cookie in yes. some of these cookies. And I was like, what the? Yeah. Oh, that was like, you okay, think they no, could no, no, back no, 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 off a bit and still make the, and still have really good cookies, right? Well, they do because there are some cookies that are in the 20 something grams of sugar or maybe in the thirties at the most. Right. 
And those are the ones that we now will get, you know, little did I know that, but, and honestly I got them and I'm like, they're plenty sweet. Even with 29 grams of sugar, they're still like plenty sweet. Yeah. So I can't even imagine 70 grams. I feel like I would be like in a coma, like a diabetic you, coma or something like that. You'd have to just, lay off cookies for a couple of weeks after you have scary. one. That's for sure. <laughs> well, and they had like 156% trans fats, you know, and some of those too. And I just thought, wow. Whoa. They, okay. I, maybe we should know. And again, it's like, okay, you know, they've got mostly natural stuff. That's good. But I didn't know that. So now that I'm, you can look at the cookies they have right now for the week. And then you can look at the nutrition facts and decide, I don't want the 70 gram of sugar one. And I don't want, okay. And then I'm, I'm picking the ones that are what look to me to be relatively healthy and not going to kill you kind of thing. And, and again, yeah. they're plenty sweet and they're still fantastic. So there's, there's nothing bad about them, but I can't even imagine eating the ones that are that bad. Dude, they should, they should have the sugar and add a little bit of MSG. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> so yeah, MSG. Um, what else? The yeah, the all of the food colorings, all of those. You know, the artificial flavors. Uh, what's the one? Oh yeah, high fructose corn syrup. We got to get as much oh, of that yeah. as possible. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Speaking of baking, um, have you ever seen the the Great British Baking Show? Did you ask me that before? I might have asked you that last week. Yeah, and Maybe I still we talked haven't about it. Gaming. I don't know if I talked <laughs> about this or not, but we finally checked it out. It was a recommendation for from our neighbor. Uh-huh. And I mean, there's the American one too, but she was saying, well, the, the British one is more fun because it's, you know, it's, it's just fun. It's crazy. Um, yeah. but they're nice to each other, you know, it, and yeah, yeah they're, this they're, is they're all familiar. You said all this last I feel, week, I think I, yeah, it was either last week or while we were gaming. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, one way or the other, uh, we've enjoyed it, but that just reminded me of it. And they, the one yeah, thing that, 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 that kind of, uh, not freaked me out, but it, 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 what's the word? It was new to me. Um, they use squid ink for food coloring. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Even, and apparently, it tastes good. So guess what I got to try next? Oh, squid you're gonna ink. have a squid ink, Heck a squid yeah. ink smoothie. I got to try it. I don't oh, know what it is. Do I, I've never heard of it. Where before. would you get it? I have no idea, but I got to try to find it. So <laughs> let's do this. Call call uh, call Lord Thunder and have him ship you some. He lives by the ocean. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, so Thunder, could you uh, capture a squid? I, I mean, ideally, he, do he does that in his sleep. No squid, problem. Like a yeah, giant one of the squid. big ones. Yeah. And just get some, you know, milk it, you know, just milk the squid, get some. Yeah. Hopefully you can do that. So, yeah, that'd be great. Just, you know, into a saucer and then uh, just, you know, ship it over. That'd be awesome. So, Captain, what are you nerding out on? Dude, I found a Spotify station called American Top 40, the 1980s. It's not by Spotify. It's by one of their listeners. It has... 2,203 songs that last 149 hours oh plus. Wow. That's it is awesome. like heaven. And <laughs> like Belinda it's, Carlisle heaven? It, everything. <laughs> it's got, I mean, if, if it was a song in the Ooh, 80s and it made the top 40, you know it was there. <laughs> Wait, I think we're going to get flagged for singing. Sorry. No, you, you're you, not allowed you to sing. No cease and desist. I promise. <laughs> there, there are so many songs I'd forgotten about when you when you listen to. This. So if if you're inter- if you love the '80s and you don't mind obscure '80s music mixed in with your good '80s music, American Top Forty, the 1980s. That's your Spotify mix. That's what I'm going to recommend for the week. Can you uh, send fantastic. me the link and I'll link it on the show notes and on the YouTube sure. channel because I actually want to check it out because I, I mean '80s is fun. So give me the popular, but also give me some of the obscure. Like for example. How come I didn't know about Kate Bush all these years? I'm so mad. Yeah. So 2,203 songs. That's, I'd like to think that might be the entirety of all of the songs in the 1980s. 
I mean, all, all the ones that got the recorded ones, were yeah. on the radio at least, right? That's crazy. That's a lot. Of, and the cool thing is whenever I play it, and, and I always play it on, um, on uh, you know, mix. Uh, random. Random, whatever. Shuffle. Yeah. It, yeah, shuffle. Yeah. It, it's, I'm, I'm guaranteed different songs every day. That's so, really neat. I love it. Well, yeah, when you've awesome. got, what did you say, 149 hours? That's, that's a long time. That's pretty it cool. That's a long time. You know, I'm really forced cool. to drink Adam's ale today because of that stevia, and I'm really bummed about this, man. Oh, dude, I'm tea. sorry. I love, I mean, I, I love my water, but I'd like to do something kind of creative and fun, but well, <laughs> thank you for that. We're going to link that, and I'm going to check that out because that'll be fun. I've I've got some new music, too, while we're at it. So we yeah, go, go for yeah. it. Well, I've got five songs, but I'm only going to give you three this week, and we'll go, you know, we'll save some for next week, but... Another uh, Dead Ma Five song. Just kidding. Dead Mouse. Dead Ma Five. I, I, I love that. Out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a Dead whole Ma group five. of people. It's got you know what do we call them? Cascade. Cascade and Dead Ma Five. Cascade and Dead Cascade. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Cascade, <laughs> Dead Mouse, Kayla, yada yada yada. Some other people in there. But anyway, the song's called Escape. It's really actually kind of fun. It's one of the new ones. Very different from you know the older stuff that you know we were talking about earlier, but it's good. And then I've got another flurry song in here for the summer because it is actually called "Rain in the Summer," so it's a summer song. Get get it on your list now if you like flurry. And then um, here's one, Captain. I'm going to throw out. Did you hear that? That it's like the right there. Yeah, my whiskers got caught in the uh, the pop filter. Oh, so, do that again. That's a new one. Actually, it kind of hurts. Your whiskers. It's like it's like ripping my skin. That's a new one. I'm going to have to remember that this is a mesh, a fine mesh filter. And, you know, with the, the stubble growth, you know, the Oliver Queen look right now, I'm, I'm ripping my skin off. Here's my third one. Disturbed. Remember them? I vaguely remember Disturbed from the <laughs> early 2000s. Yes. Yeah, they got a, new, got a new song out that's actually fun. Uh, this is courtesy of the mad scientist. He said, hey, you got to check out this song. It's really good. You know, it's got a cool drum part and everything in there. And so I said, I'll check it out. And I listened to it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. OK, I like it. Um, <laughs> Wow, it's called Hey You. So if you're, you know, in a hard rock and disturbed and everything else, Hey Wait, You, there you go. It's fun. Is it a is it a is it a cover of the Pink Floyd Hey You? Or? No, no, it's it's okay. it's a it's an original. Well, as far as I know, it's an original, but it's not it's not the Pink Floyd song. But it's a very right. hard song, hard rock. So which I, I don't even know if that song's called Hey You. I just know there's a the Pink, Pink Floyd, Floyd song, song is Hey You. Yes, Hey okay. You. Yeah, is it me you're looking for? No, dang it, that's uh, that's hello. Oh, I was thinking about <laughs> doing a Lionel mashup Richie, yeah. with Lionel Richie "Hello" and Adele's "Hello" because the lyrics actually kind of creepily go along with each other. Like, "Hello," and they'd be like, "Hello, is it me you're looking for?" And then it's the one where it's like, "I've been waiting for you" or something like that. So I thought we could do a mashup. Mm. I don't know how to do that, but wouldn't it be fun? So there you go. Um, the Dead Mouse, the Flurry song, and the Disturbed songs all on the TRBS 2022 Spotify mix. I'll link those, of course, in the show notes and in the description below, too. So if you want to go check those out and also follow that Spotify mix, if you're on Spotify, that is. And, you know, I'm putting out new stuff all the time. Now, I, I put out a lot of new stuff, by the way, in my personal one that is just called TRB's Gloriousness. I've got stuff in there that I don't ever talk about on the show. A lot, actually. So, you know, I'd recommend following that one. That's also linked. Um, and then, of course, the TRBS 2022. We've got them from every year that we've talked about. And then, of course, Captain, you've got your Captain Influence playlist that we've got linked in there. Same thing. Yep. You've got stuff you put in there that you don't always talk about. So right. Lots. check it out. Okay. Uh, guess what, Captain? What? I finally, finally. <laughs> little late to the party here. Finally saw Top Gun Maverick. Didn't yes. it come out like like last year or something like that, 2021 no, or something? Like, or Just a couple months ago. You're not too late. Maybe a month ago. I finally Maybe a month saw and a half ago. I finally saw it, man. 
So exciting. Good. Uh, and wow. So good. Lived up to the and actually <laughs> lived up to the hype. I had a lot of hype. Yeah. A lot of people say it's the best dang movie I've ever seen. You know, know in some that. ways, I got to tell you, it, it was better than the first one because the first one's classic, you know, and it's nostalgic. But having watched it, I watched it a few months ago, and it's the first time that I think I've watched it since I was <laughs> quite a bit younger. And I was just like, this movie really is pretty cheesy. It's awesome, <laughs> but it's cheesy. I mean, the music is cheesy. And, and oh, you know, the whole, yeah. like, you know, beach volleyball scene, and I'm like, I need to rip my shirt off right now. Just, you know, go out and be like, woo, you know. And, of course, they had to do that again, except it wasn't volleyball, but, you know, it was a beach shirtless scene. Yeah, and I'm like, I need to go funny. rip my that's shirt funny. off again. So I should take it off right now. Um, no, not right now. You should. Go Johnny so, Johnny pistol shot on us. Yeah, just just start taking shirts off, man. I got to totally. tell you, though, it was, it was really, really fun. I loved it. There were so many things. I mean, honestly, I have no complaints about it. The soundtrack was awesome. The the way that Hans Zimmer took the original Harold Faltemeyer theme and just yes. took it to its magnificent, it's Hans Zimmer magnificence, or yeah. it's like Zim, Zimmer. Uh, he Zimmer, he Zimmerfied the movie <laughs> is what he did. It's yeah. really good. And I yeah. mean, everybody did a great job. They tied it together. The nostalgia was just right on point. Not too much, not too little. Beautiful. The I still am blown away by the flying, considering that that was all real. That just blew me away. It was incredible to watch that and so cool to actually see them all pulling cheese. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's funny. They, they just didn't address that very much in the first movie, nor they have they it. addressed it very much in any similar film since then. Yeah. So that was a nice thing to, I mean, it was nice to show how much physical endurance you have to yeah. have to be a pilot like that. It was, it was really kind of interesting because having read that article about them pulling G's and doing real footage and then watching them again, rewatching the first movie a few months ago, clearly mm. they weren't, you know, it's obvious that it was just, you know, whatever in the background, green screen or something like that. And, right. you know, they're, they're like spinning up and down. They're like, wee, yeehaw, whatever, you know? <laughs> and then in this one, they're like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my gosh. So it was, it was good. It was, it was, to- if you've not seen Top Gun Maverick, I mean, hundred percent recommendation. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it was. It was uh, like you said. Everyone we've talked to has liked it, and we both liked it. And yeah, yeah. I gotta say, I'm really surprised. For so- and by the way, I know I'm not the only one because some other people were kind of like, "Wait a minute, did you know?" And we're like, "No, we didn't know." And that is that Lock and Key season three came out this week. It came out on Wednesday, and we were all oh, like, ready. "Wait, what?" Season two it's just almost came like- out. It did. Yeah, it's it almost like season ago. two point five instead of season three, right? I, I feel mean, like they, they were kind of shows. recording both back to back really, really quickly on purpose mm-hmm. because this is the final season. But no, I mean, yeah. I, I've been kind of looking like what's coming, what's coming, and Lock and Key season three was not mentioned on any lists that I have seen at all. Interesting. So yeah. I think a lot of people were pretty surprised by this, but I was okay. Well, unfortunately. Yeah. Because it wasn't marketed, uh, I have to push it down on my list a little bit because we have so many other things we're watching yeah, right now. So many things are yeah. out right now. It's ridiculous. It Well, it's funny. It's amazing how it went from like, okay, we got nothing, nothing, nothing. Boom. Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm watching. I'm still trying to finish Umbrella Academy. I, I'm still mm-hmm. working my way through Orville season three. Um, mm-hmm. DC's The Sandman just came out. <clears throat> the Winks, yeah. the Fate or Winks Saga, the whatever it's called, the Fate Saga. I don't know what it's called. Uh, anyway, to me, it was okay. I'm going to watch it anyway. It was still kind of fun. And then Lord of the Rings comes out in what, September. And I mean, I'm there's so just, scared. there's so much coming out right now. It's out of control. But one thing that we did uh-huh. want to talk about 
was uh, the the Sandman, the DC version yeah. of the Sandman, the Neil Gaiman version, because, well, why not? It's one of those that I I did not read the comics, but I'm very curious about it, so I wanted to watch the show and see what happened. And also, it's DC, so you kind of wonder, is it going to be good or not? Because sometimes it's a right. hit or miss. They're hit or miss, yeah. Yeah, so we wanted to at least talk about the first episode, by the way. That's as far as we both got. So, Captain, right. thoughts? My, my thoughts are very brief, but I... I really thought the first episode was interesting. It was not what I was expecting. I didn't really know what to expect going into it, but I loved it. I also loved the soundtrack. Did you notice the soundtrack? I know you did. I did, yep. It was beautiful. It was kind of ethereal a little bit, and and, uh, I just really liked the chords that they used and whatnot. I just think I thought it went really well with the dream, you know, kind of theme mm-hmm. but uh I, and i also like the scope of the first episode it it the first episode covers several decades in the 20th century so, you know at the end of the first episode they show a coming up this season type of little mashup yeah to give you an idea of what kind of things you're going to be seeing and i watched it um and didn't. it looks it, it's it's definitely tantalizing so okay yeah, you know, for me, the soundtrack was was really, really good. It fit very nicely with the show. It's not one of those soundtracks that I'm necessarily going to run out and listen to on its own. Of course. You know, there there are some soundtracks that just lend itself to just listening to over and over and over. And it, because they stand alone, I guess. To me, Braver. this this didn't really... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, most James Horner, Hans Zimmer, John Williams, all that good. Basil Polidorus, all those guys. You know, but uh, this one to me didn't didn't really stand out as a standalone type thing, but it was beautifully, it, it was very, very cinematic and it fit beautifully is what I was trying to say on that. But yeah, yeah, you know, um, you're right. It spans over a hundred years, which apparently in the comics, it's what 70 ish, I think is what I read 70 ish Hmm, years. And in the, uh, Oh no, I think it was from the 20, the twenties to 1986 is what it was. And so in this, in the comics, yeah. In this, it has to fit from, I think it was 1919 is where it starts. It's 16. It's mid- 16. Middle of World okay. War One. You're right. 1916. Yeah. And then it's 10 years later. So then that's 1926. And then it says over a hundred years later in order to fit with present day, Current essentially. Times, so yeah. we're in the, the 2022 range or whatever it is. So, Right. That, a little bit of a change. They've, they've changed a few things as usual. You know, they do that. But, you know, to me, the dream world in the very beginning was amazing. It was very cool looking, very imaginative. And I was just like, oh, this is kind of cool. And at first I was like, OK, I don't really want to do the whole 19 teens or 20s thing. But then I it grew on me and then it ended up like, you know, right. fast forwarding anyway. And so it was fine. Parts of it that I absolutely loved. And then there were parts of it that I was like, eh, that's OK. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm intrigued overall. <laughs> And the actor who is playing Dream, a.k.a. the Sandman, looks like something right. out of Twilight. He looks exactly like he's in Twilight, yes. Yeah. What, and I just who not, is that actor? Uh, what, no what, what else was he in? Have we seen him in anything else? I've never seen him before, personally. I don't know anything about him. So, In fact, I've never okay. seen really most of the... Well, the the father, you know, I've seen him before. Oh, of course, but yeah. He's, he was I in Game of Thrones and all sorts of other stuff, yeah. But I would say I don't think I've recognized any of the other actors, interestingly. Like, to me, I was yeah. like, well, I've never seen these people before, which is and kind okay. of refreshing, yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know. Everybody looked kind of interesting to me. It was a very bizarre kind of feel, and I think that's kind of the intention of it. But I'm yeah. intrigued. Let's put it that way. I'm intrigued. I'll keep watching. Um, I'm I'm optimistic in some ways, but on the other hand, it is kind of a darker feel which i'm not into as much so we'll see how far i get into it but um fair enough i don't know it's gonna get more bizarre as far as what you were describing characters looking and stuff it's gonna get more bizarre based on what i saw at the end so okay the premise is cool though like the story behind it the idea behind it seems really cool and i'm i'm you know a fan of that anyway so we'll see what happens yeah me too okay well uh captain i'm gonna bring up quick quick article here 
Oh, go this for is, it. Okay, this is for everybody, though. Okay, so, you know, it's funny having these conversations with many of you, by the way, and realizing that many of you are are what we're calling multi-passionate. It's kind of funny. It's a, it's a relatively newer term that has kind of become popular within the last few years. And many times I'll talk to people and they're just kind of like, oh, I've never even, you know, thought of that or didn't realize I was a, quote, multi-passionate. It's just kind of like, oh, I just have a lot of interest, you know? So it's not something that's a very commonly used term, but... I've been doing some fascinating research on it just to kind of find out, you know, what is it? What are people defining it as? And there's actually a lot of good newer material out on it, which I appreciate. And then there's some really bad material out on there. And I just wanted to point out this article that I thought was funny. The The title of the article is uh, you're not multi-passionate. You just have a procrastination problem. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? So I'm like, that sounds okay. like an editorial, but go ahead. Oh, it's in Entrepreneur Magazine, yeah. which uh, is a very famous one. But so I thought, okay, I'm not going to mention this, this author's name or anything like that, you know, but she's going basically saying that, okay, it's an excuse that keeps you from fully committing and moving forward. And I thought, Interesting. Okay, okay, I'll bite. Let me, let me read this. And so, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking at it. She's talking about, are you a squirrel? You know, are you saying that you, you, oh, you know, here's a little tough love. Um, here it is. It's like, it's in a world where there's so many different passions to choose from. How could you possibly just choose one? So here's a little tough love that you might've never thought about saying you're multi-passionate is really just a procrastination excuse. It's an excuse that keeps you from fully committing and moving forward. And then she talks about, are you a squirrel? And you know, blah, 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 blah. And so take a piece of the pie and then commit to it. You know, you just can't decide you're indecisive. You just won't whatever, <laughs> right? That's essentially what's going on. And that's, that's her opinion and she's welcome to it. And but, she's a hundred percent wrong too, by the way, but, and it's not even just an opinion. Like she is wrong about mm. that, but here's the thing. Let, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. If there is some, because people like this exist, if there's somebody out there that is indecisive and maybe they do have a lot of interests and, but they're just kind of like, I don't know which one I should pick. And you know, I don't really know what I should do. And you know, maybe they are indecisive right. and they don't finish things. Now here's the thing. I've known a lot of multi-passionate people throughout my life and there is a weakness for multi-passionates and that is not following through and seeing something to the end. Okay. Now, sometimes yeah. you don't need to. And so why, why do you know, if you're, if you're reading a book that you don't like, or you're watching a TV show or a movie that you don't like, then then don't finish it. Like who right, cares? Exactly. Right. Or, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Like, well, I'm doing a hobby, but I don't care about it anymore. Well then don't you know, move on. That's fine. But if you're, and then maybe you'll come back to it later. Yeah. Or maybe not, you know, but if you're, if you're doing something for someone or you're committed to something you've committed, you know, like, okay, well I'll do this for you. And then you bail on them because you just don't quote feel like it anymore. That's immature. That's, that's disrespectful. Right. right? So yeah. there's a level of, what I call multi-passionate maturity that needs to happen one way or the other. And there is something to be said about being perseverant and, you know, finishing. So that's a, that's a good trait. Even as a multi-passionate. Yeah, exactly. That's a great trait. And so for some, and also being decisive is very, very important too. So if you are indecisive, it's a weakness. It's not something that is a good trait. You know, that's something that you should learn how to overcome and, you know, get better at and that kind of thing or find, some strategies that help you to make decisions faster because, you know, being indecisive is also incredibly stressful if you think about it. Cause I, I've had my times in my life too, where oh, I've yeah. been indecisive and it's just like, you know, it, it's agonizing after a while because you're, 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 you're in your head. It's, it's just gobs and gobs of, of, of variables, right? Do I yeah. do this or do, I, uh, do this and that? If, if you're decisive, it's just, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm yeah. going to do that. 
And there's so, no movement forward. There's just kind of back and forth all the time. And it's it just, you know, you're spinning your wheels. It's very frustrating. Right. And sometimes you're stuck in a place because you don't know the best answer. And so then you go, well, do you just take a leap of faith and see what happens? Or sometimes. do you need to, you know, do a little more research? And I think that there is, there's, there's both, on, you know, so. Right. To her point, there are people, again, who are indecisive. There are people who are unwilling to choose something because they just don't want to get started. You know, they're they're lazy or they do truly procrastinate because they're scared to get started or whatever it is. So there is that. Right. So yeah. that's to be fair to this author's point. And, and yes, those are things that should be overcome because sometimes just starting is a great thing. And I'm 100% on board with that. And sometimes, you know, like I look back in my life and I say, there are times where I literally just said, I'm just going to do it. Literally. I don't know. I don't need to do the research. I'm like, well, how are you going to do it? You know, what's the, I, I don't know. I don't care. Let's just go for it and let's see what happens. It's not like it's going to be that big of a deal if it doesn't work out. Right. Right. Who cares? Right. And Usually. I, I would say that 90 plus percent of the time, every single one of those situations turned out to be a good thing. Even if it didn't necessarily work perfectly because yeah. I learned from it. And I learned what yeah. not to do next time and what to do better. Now. So it was a wonderful thing. And why not? You know, you just go have a yeah. good time and, and enjoy it. You know, here's the other thing, so, dude. So oh, what this ahead, author's doing is that they're just, they're putting, they're putting all multi-passionates in this box, which people tend to do. Yeah. It's, it's an instinct. We all do it. We all oh, yeah. do it to a certain degree. And the, the people just don't fit in that box. It's not all multi-passionates are lazy or procrastinative. I mean, they just aren't. So to your point, I'm just very true. Sorry. No, that's very true. And so I would, I would like to, to this author say that, you know, if you really truly are someone with a lot of interests and talents, you know, this is the other thing I've heard too, is that multi-passionates are jack of all trades or what do they call it Jill. So Jack or Jill's of all trade trades, <laughs> right. I think is what it is anyway. Um, and masters of none, which by the way, if you're a true multi-passionate, that's also not true. Because true multi-passionates are able to learn things quickly and master things quickly if they want to. Um, it, it's a bizarre talent. It's a wonderful gift. Um, you know, I, I've been told this too. It's like, well, you're really good at that. You're really good at that. You're really good at that. I'm like, because I somehow I'm able to learn quickly. Um, and it's because I'm so interested in it at that time that I devour it fast and I learn fast and I, I'm like into it and I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to get as good as I can at it until I don't need it or want to worry about it anymore. It just kind of depends. You know, like when I built my computer, my gaming computer, mm -hmm. I devoured everything I could. I learned all about it. I found the best prices on things and I built it and I thankfully was able to do it in one try. Everything worked out well and it's been a great computer. Yeah. And that was it. I haven't consumed anything about building computers or computer components since. I just don't care about it anymore. It's like when you I need to build on. it again or move on or upgrade, I'll do it again, you know? So right. there's, but that's the thing is that I think there's a, there is a beautiful superpower if you are a multi-passionate. And I'm saying this because many of you listening to the show, watching the show are multi-passionate. And I am tired of the world saying that it's a weakness or it's a, you know, you're, you're a lazy procrastinator or, you know, you just need to pick something and grow up and suck it up. Like that's BS. It's full on BS. And so, you know, if you do have those weaknesses of procrastination, laziness, indecisive, et cetera, et cetera, indecision, that is, um, then, you know, by all means work on those things. But, but if you're a multi-passionate, a true multi-passionate, then it's a superpower. It's a gift. I'm empowering you to take it and run with it and go for it. So I just wanted to throw that out because I did not expect to read an article that was so, um, 
disrespectful and yeah, and derisive wrong. of multi-passionates. Yeah. yeah, but just flat out wrong too. So I wanted to yeah. point that one out. So anyway, there you go. Well, thanks, That's what thanks I for sharing. I just want to say that that article was the cat's pajamas. Thank you. You just, I was just going to say, we've got something beautiful that, that you need to do. And, and I think, is that your origin this week? Is that what I'm, was that, was that a little too obvious? I don't, I'm no, sorry. No, because it was true because that was, it's like the <laughs> bee's knees or the cat's pajamas or the, the grasshoppers, uh, antennae. I, uh, I don't even know. What yeah. The grasshoppers, um, uh, thorax. Anyway, Thor- oh. Uh, oh, <laughs> credit, credit to my lovely wife. Uh, who I'm taking out to eat one week late this week uh, for her birthday, finally. Um, that's her fault, not mine. Uh, but she's the one who came up with this week's origin. And I personally, I'd never heard anyone say the cat's pajama. That's the cat's pajamas. I've never, say, I've never heard anyone utter those really? that phrase before. Have I've you? heard it a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay, because I, I know, know it's common. Why I just it was don't. Uttered. I've never heard it. So, yeah, I know what it means, but I was like, why does somebody say that? So I'm glad you're bringing it Yeah, exactly. So... So I got my I got my sources from medium.com and phrases.org.uk, which is ironic because it's actually an American phrase. So there are several ideas on this one, but the majority seem to follow the story that in 1920s America, specifically on the eastern seaboard, like New York, et cetera, pajamas were just coming into fashion as a woman's item of, of actual daytime apparel. I didn't know that. Hmm. Uh, it was something that women started wearing in the daytime if they were fashionable, though still slightly risque. The term cat was flapper slang for a fashionable young woman. Oh, yeah. So that's the whole like, oh, she's a cool cat. Like we we hear stuff like that all the time. Well, this was later taken up by jazz circles and morphed into a name for one of either sex who exhibited style as cool. Yeah, as a cool cat or a or a hep cat. I've never heard hep cat, maybe hip cat. I don't know. But thus, the cat's pajamas became a way to say that someone was cool, great, special, the best. Other phrases such as the gnat's whiskers the snake's hips, the kipper's knickers, the monkey's eyebrows, the clam's garters, and the the eel's ankles, and who can forget the bee's knees. Yeah, and now the grasshopper's thorax. And now the grasshopper's thorax, yeah. They were all invented around the same time in the same vein. Uh, And, dude, I can just picture some socialite flappers and their boyfriends at a party getting high on amphetamines, joking about what goofy new phrases they can invent that might stick. I mean, can't you just picture that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So anyway, uh, another story places the origin with uh, a certain E.B. Katz, who was an English tailor of the late 1700s and early 1800s, who made the finest silk pajamas for royalty and other wealthy patrons. However, there's little evidence to back this claim, and both Merriam-Webster and the Oxford English Dictionary both back the 1920s origin uh, in the eastern U.S. So the funniest origin, I just want to share this last, comes from the Urban Dictionary. The number eight definition reads, quote, a synonym for awesome. I actually coined this phrase in 1968 during a hallucination where I thought I saw a cat wearing pajamas. It was really just a dead bush, unquote. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So I guess anyone can go into the English is is the, oh is the urban dictionary kind of like Wikipedia where anybody so. can go in there and add their own little their own little but it's uh, almost always origin. comical though. It's always like yeah. to me it's always like just a complete joke and absolutely ridiculous. But I, that's what I love about it too. It's so funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So there you go. That's where the that's where the uh, cat's pajamas came from. And you know what? So now cool. that I'm aware of it, I'm going to use it more often. So I love it. Well, I I yeah. love the original origin too and it is kind of funny how you know, pajamas became a pajamas, uh, pajamas, pajama mamas, the, how they, you know, were kind of coming into fashion in the, in the early 1920s. And here we are and people wear them out all the time now. So apparently it's a, yeah. you know, it was a, a 2000 teens, 20 teens 
Well, thanks, Captain. I appreciate Indeed. that. You're welcome. You're the cat's pajamas. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah. So are you. Cool cat. I appreciate that. You're the bee's knees, Brian. Mm, you're the grasshopper's thorax. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. If your goal is shredded pajamas and a lot of blood, try putting pajamas on your cat. Who knows? Maybe shredded, bloody pajamas could be worth something someday. Well, you know what the music means. I do. You're the Grasshopper Storex for listening and watching. Thank you for joining us today. Really, I mean, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you because we'd be just talking to ourselves and that's just not as fun. I mean, it, yeah, we don't, I it's, it's like we is. don't do that, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Hey, remember, you know the links, all the show notes, everything. Have a glorious week. The Real Brian Show. Signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.